Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church in Jersey. Today we have a slightly unusual experience. I wanted to talk to you about how the news that we receive into our hearts is so important. There is a quote that has been attributed to various people. It's been attributed to Ralph Waldo Emerson, Lao Tzu, Greg Outlaw, Gautama Buddha, Bishop Beckwith, and the father of Margaret Thatcher. And this is the quote. It says, watch your thoughts. They become words. Watch your words. They become deeds. Watch your deeds. They become habits. Watch your habits. They become character. But it all starts with your thoughts. And those are such wise words that various people throughout history have said exactly the same thing. But you know what? God said it first. In Proverbs 23, he said, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. Didn't he? There is another passage in Matthew chapter 7 where Jesus was talking about false prophets. And he said, by their fruit you will know them. So if you imagine a false prophet is a tree... He said, by what comes out of their mouths and their actions, you will know them. But then he explained what the root of the tree is that causes the bad fruit of a bad prophet. And he said, if a man builds his house on my words, my truth, he will be like a house built on the rock. But if he builds on something else, he's like a house built on the sand. And what he was saying is, what you think, what the truth that you're getting in your roots is, that truth will produce fruit. Now many of us look at our lives and we say, I don't like the fruit of my life. I don't like the words that are coming out of my mouth. I don't like the reactions that I'm giving to different circumstances and people. I don't like the habits. I don't like my character. I don't like my feelings. I don't like anything about myself. And so we try to change the externals, the fruit. We try to sticky tape or glue apples onto an orange tree. But the truth of the matter is my roots are the problem. And if my roots, my thinking, the truth that I'm getting is in the right soil and I'm getting the right information, then the fruit will pop out to be correct. And so what I wanted to do today is to illustrate this in a clever and witty way. And who cleverer or wittier than my dear friend, Joel? Here's the news, read by Greg, foot in mouth, and Joel, sneeze bucket. Here are the headlines. The old economy will be less vibrant this year than had, than had been expected three months ago. That's according to the International Monetary Fund's new World Economic Outlook report published Tuesday. In a related and somewhat surprising report, a Bloomberg analysis of more than 3,200 semi-year country forecasts published every year since 1999 found a wide variation in the direction and magnitude of errors. In 6.1% of the, of the cases, the IMF 
was within 0.1 percentage point margin of error. The rest of the time, it forecasts underestimated GDP growth in 56% of the cases and overestimated it in 44%. Over to you, over to you Greg. Thanks, Joel. I'd like to now read from our correspondent in Philippi, chapter 4, verse 6. He says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Christ Jesus. And in Philippi, they're telling us, My God shall supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. Back to you, John. Notre Dame Cathedral in Paris has stood for over 800 years, has been gutted by fire. Two thirds of the roof and that iconic spire were destroyed and experts believe it will take many years to rebuild. The devastating fire that ripped through the cathedral has encouraged an outpouring of grief from Parisians and huge pledges of support from wealthy philanthropists with billionaires and major companies pledging hundreds of millions of dollars to rebuild the ravaged structure. We have a correspondent uh, in Athens who says, God, who made the world and everything in it, since he is the Lord of heaven and earth, does not dwell in temples made with hands. Nor is he worshipped with men's hands as though he needed anything, since he gives life and breath to all things. We had an interview with Jesus where some of his followers were saying, um, as he went out of the temple, one of his disciples said, Teacher, see what manner of stones and what buildings are here. And Jesus answered and said to him, Do you see these great buildings? Not one stone shall be left upon another that shall not be thrown down. And the Jews said, It has taken 46 years to build this temple. Will you raise it up in three days? But Jesus was speaking of the temple of his body because he said to us through our other correspondent, Luke, that do not be afraid of those who kill the body and after that have no more they can do. Fear him who after he is killed that has the power to cast you into hell. Are not five sparrows sold for two copper coins and not one of them is forgotten before God? The very hairs of your head are all numbered. Do not fear you are of more value than many sparrows, for you are the temple of God, and that the Spirit of God dwells in you. And just to summarize what our correspondent Peter said, everything material is going to be destroyed by fire, but people are worth more than buildings. Over to you, John. The city of Christchurch in New Zealand is on high alert after shootings at two mosques killed at least 49 people. Another 20 people were wounded. A man in his late 20s has been charged with murder, according to police. Australian Prime Minister Scott Morrison has described the alleged gunman who had Australian citizenship as an extremist right-wing terrorist. In a related story, an initial probe into the deadly suicide bomb attacks in Sri Lanka that killed more than 320 people shows it was a retaliation for Christchurch. The country's deputy defense minister said Tuesday 23rd, April 23rd. 
At least 310 people were killed after the suicide bomb blasts ripped through three hotels, three churches, as worshippers attended Easter services in Sri Lanka on Sunday. Greg? Thank you, John. We have a, a report from James. He says, Where do wars and fights come from among you? They do, not come, do they not come from your desires for pleasure that war in your members? And John has said to us, Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. If someone says, I love God, but hates his brother, he is a liar. For he who does not love his brother whom he has seen, how can he love God whom he has not seen? Jesus actually said, according to our correspondent John, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I should not be delivered to the Jews. But now my kingdom is not from here. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal but they're mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, for we don't wrestle against people, flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, against rulers of darkness of this age, against the spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly realms. And Matthew has reminded us in his report, you will hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. Have you got something else for us, Joel? Yes, I do. Um, an alleged insider uh, tells The Heat magazine, Angelina Jolie is desperately wants to have another child and is already actively looking with an adoption agency to make it happen. Uh, Gossip Corp checked in with sources in both Pete and Jolie's camps and were assured the actress has no adoption plans. It should be noted that tabloids have been spreading similar narratives for quite some time. Last month, in fact, we published an article detailing the many rumors about Jolie adopting again. In the last year alone, the actress was said to be taking kids from Syria and Africa. All the stories had one thing in common. They weren't true. Greg? Thanks, Joel. We have a correspondent in Thessalonica who says, we hear that there are some among you who walk in a disorderly manner, not working, but being busybodies. But let none of you suffer as a murderer, a thief, an evildoer, or as a busybody in other people's matters. The Proverbs news outlet says, a perverse person spreads dissension and a gossip separates the closest friends. And Timothy has reported that a person is conceited and understands nothing if they have an unhealthy interest in controversies and verbal disputes that give rise to envy, dissension, slanders, and evil suspicions. In fact, we've been told by our Psalm news source that whoever privately slanders his neighbor will be cut off by God. Quite surprising news. An evildoer gives heed to false lips, a liar eagerly to a spiteful tongue. The words of a talebearer are as wounds, and they go down to the innermost parts of the belly. Where there is no wood, the fire goes out. Where there is no talebearer, strife ceases. Back to you, Joel. Thank you, Greg. UK lawmakers voted on eight possible Brexit options Wednesday, but none received majority support. The future of Prime Minister May's exit deal also remains unknown after key members of her party withdrew support, leaving Brexit as uncertain as ever. 
Theresa May is facing a furious backlash from her own backbenchers and calls for her resignation after she blamed squabbling MPs for delaying Brexit. In a related report, violent threats, racial slurs, and misogynist insults from the core of a new drill music track released this week. They are all quotes from serving politicians and public figures. The song, called Political Drilling, was produced to highlight similarities between the language used by rival gangs in London streets and rival politicians in Parliament. Greg? I just have one report from our reporter, Timothy. He says, remind people to be subject to rulers and authorities, to obey, to be ready for every good work, to speak evil of no one, to be peaceable, gentle, and to show all humility to all men. Back to you, Joel. Thank you, Greg. Uh, the London Marathon occurs this weekend, over 40,000 people running the 26-mile course um, over a period of four and a half hours. Thanks, Joel. Our reporter, Timothy, says, uh, exercise yourself towards godliness, for bodily exercise profits a little, but godliness is profitable for all things, having promise of the life that now is and of that which is to come. I understand we're coming to the end of this program now, Joel, but do you have any good news for us or any stories of what God is doing around the world? No, unfortunately not, Greg. After this, because we have to fill in the rest of this hour's news cycle, and because we have to fill 24 hours a day with news programming, we are going to have several editorial sections where reporters and others go far beyond the facts of the cases and give their personal opinions and perspectives. All the while, calling it news. Back to you, Greg. Thank you, Joe. The little phrase that they use in computer studies, they say garbage in, garbage out. Have you ever heard that phrase? If I put garbage in, I can try and dress it up as much as I like and change it and, and behave well, but if garbage is going in, garbage will come out in my actions and my attitudes and my feelings and my words. If the roots, the place where I'm drawing my information from, if my roots are sunk into the world's perspective of what is true, then the fruit that comes out will not be godly fruit. Does that make sense? As a man thinks, so is he. Not how he does or says or acts, it's how he thinks. The information that I'm getting affects what comes out. And there are three possible reasons for bad fruit, bad outcomes in my life. Number one, I'm not getting good information in. I'm just filling my mind and my thoughts with untruths or half-truths. That's the first possible explanation. I'm not getting God's truth in, I'm just getting the world's truth in. The second possible explanation is that I'm getting God's truth in, but I'm not allowing it to go all the way in. And I'm gonna speak about this next week. But did you know that just like your human heart has four uh, compartments, did you know that? Your, your human heart has four atria or compartments. Just like your human heart has different compartments, your emotional and mental heart, the real you, your soul, your insights, 
has different compartments. Did you know that? The Bible talks about a mind, a will, emotions, soul, heart, spirit. These are all parts or compartments of who you are on the inside, and this is the problem. Many of us have got God's truth into one ventricle called your intellectual knowledge. You know the Bible truth in your head, but it never got into your emotional ventricle. It never got into your will atrium. It never got into your heart and soul. Jesus said, love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. It never got into the whole thing, and as a result, it hasn't produced the fruit. Do you remember the parable of the sower? Jesus said, the man sows the seed, which is the word of God. Some of it lands on the path. The man gets it in his heart, but he doesn't fully comprehend it. It's just gone into one little ventricle of his heart, and because of that, the devil comes and steals it away, and there's no life. Do you remember that story? The second soil, it goes a little bit deeper. The truth goes in and emotions are involved. It says he received it with gladness. So mind and emotions got involved, but it didn't go deep enough. And so when there was testing or trials, that fruit died. The third type of soil, it goes very deep, but it hasn't uprooted all the other seeds that were growing in there, all the rubbish information from the world. And so it bears no fruit. But the fourth type of soil, it goes, that truth, that those thoughts that we're supposed to live on have gone in and the roots have drawn them up and it's gone into the mind, the emotions, the will. It's uprooted all the other stuff. It started to fill the whole of that person's heart and it says they will bear fruit 30, 60, or 100. Why 30, 60, or 100? Because some people allow it to fill their whole hearts, and they're a hundredfold. Other people, 60, others, 30. But I want you to see that the fruit that comes out in our lives, our words, our actions, and everything about us depends on what we're thinking, the information that's coming up into our lives. So the first reason for bad fruit is we're not getting the truth in. The second reason is it hasn't gone all the way into our hearts. And the third reason is we're not getting the other garbage out. We're not uprooting those other weeds that are there. And I just want to close by saying this. Jesus said in Matthew 7, you'll know them by their fruits. He gave us a shortcut to be able to see what we are thinking about. So follow my logic here. If my thinking determines the output of my life, the roots determine the fruits. Garbage in, garbage out, good stuff in, good stuff out. If my thinking determines it, how can I tell what I'm really thinking? How can I tell if I've got my roots in the right place? How can I tell if I built my house on the rock or on the sand? How do I know? And Jesus said, It's by their fruits. And this is the summary of what I want to say to you. You can tell what you believe by how you act. You can tell what you believe about God's goodness and his ability to provide for you by how you act with your money. You can tell what you believe about heaven and hell and how important eternity is by whether you're telling other people about Jesus. You can tell what you believe about God's plans for you are the best plans for your life 
by whether you're living God's plans or whether you're trying to get happiness from a whole lot of other places. And unfortunately, in Matthew 7, Jesus said a lot of people at the end of time will come to God and say, Lord, Lord. They're using the word Lord. They're saying, I'm a Christian. Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy and do miracles and do this and that in your name? We acted like Christians and there was evidence of miracles. And Jesus said, they are the people who built their house on the sand because he says, I never really knew you. They thought they believed, but their actions were not fully God's actions. He said that they don't do the will of God. And I'd like to close with an illustration which comes from the Alpha Course. There was a man called Blondin. Have you heard of him? His real name was Jean-Francois Gravelet. In the 1800s, he was a tightrope walker. And one of his big shows was he would go to the Niagara Falls and he strung a wire across the Niagara Falls that was 1,100 feet long, which is 335 meters. That's an extremely long tightrope. And it was uh, 60 feet, 160 feet, or 50 meters above the water, and it was a tiny, thin tightrope. And Blondin would walk across with this big bar across the, the tightrope with the Niagara Falls going beneath, and huge crowds were watching. And everyone would say, that's amazing. You can walk 335 meters across there. He said, yes. And then he would throw away his balance bar and he'd walk without the bar. And they'd say, that's amazing. And they all started cheering even louder. And then he would blindfold himself. They said, what? You're walking across blindfolded. And then he walked on stilts. He put huge long stilts and he walked across. And then he stopped in the middle and he cooked himself an omelet on the tightrope. People were amazed. And then he got a wheelbarrow and he put a sack of potatoes in the wheelbarrow and he pushed it across the tightrope. And everyone said, you're amazing, Blondin. And there was an occasion in 1860 when some royalty from England went over to watch him and the Duke of Newcastle was there. And Blondin went up to the royal party and the Duke of Newcastle and he said, do you believe that I could put somebody in this wheelbarrow and push them across? And of course, when they'd seen everything he could do, they said, yes, we believe you could. And then Blondin said, will you, sir, the Duke of Newcastle, get in here? And the man said, no. Why? Did he have the information? Yes. Had it gone into his mind? Yes. Had it gone into his emotions? Yes. He was cheering with the rest of them. It had gone several layers into his heart, but he didn't really believe it because what he really believed was something else, that maybe Blondin would fail when it came to him. Funnily enough, Blondin's mother was in the crowd and she put up her hand and she said, I'll do it. And she got in the wheelbarrow and he pushed her across. Friends, if you got a letter from the bank on the bank's letterhead saying, congratulations, we've been mis-selling PPI. You, you are due a refund of 10,000 pounds. I'll tell you what happens. The information goes into your mind, into your emotions. 
into your will, into every other part of your heart and soul and mind, and it eventually affects your strength, and you go out and you spend the money. Don't you? You would be a fool if you got that letter and you never spent the, the money, the 10,000 pounds. It comes in, it affects your life, and it results in actions. It's just part of everyday life for us. Information in, either garbage or good, and then actions come out. What about the Word of God? Is the Word of God resulting in action? Because if it's not, it has not penetrated. It may be just in there, or maybe there's something else competing with it, like fear. So what do I do? What do I do if that's me? What if my actions are not lining up with the truth? I need to go back to the parable of the sower. I need to say, Lord, give me your word, not the, the information that the world gives, your truth about this problem. Let's just say the problem is that you are addicted to, I'm just going to pick something. I'm not picking on a person. I'm just picking anything. Let's just say you're addicted to gambling. And you say, I keep on going through this process. I see the fruit that's coming out is not godly fruit. What's the problem? Step one, don't try and fix the fruit. Go back to the roots and say, what does God's word say? What does God's word say about satisfying me, about looking after my needs, about providing for me, about how he loves me, how he'll never let me down, about how he... Uh, puts in place the ability for me to work and to make money, and that's God's system for me to get money, not by a lucky bet. Look at the truth and start to put the seed into your mind, and it goes in first into just the path, and then it goes a little bit deeper into your brain, and you say, okay, I know those verses. I've learned those verses. And then it goes into your emotions, and you start allowing it to change the way you feel, and then your will, and it goes deeper and deeper until it gets to the place where you have to uproot previous truths and you start to remember why you started loving gambling because when you were a child you had a lucky bet that went well and that feeling of adrenaline was just so strong in you and you start to uproot that and say Lord that was an error that was wrong that was sinful I'm sorry and emotion and will and your whole heart gets involved and you uproot the wrong and you plant the truth deep and you keep reading the verses and memorizing them every day like medicine. You read the verses about God's will and his love for you and his provision for you and you keep uprooting the wrong and eventually what happens is the fruit that's coming out of your life changes when you're under stress. Instead of running to the gambling for a relief from the stress, you run to God and you thank him and his peace floods your soul. Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcasts on iTunes. And please consider supporting this ministry financially by making a donation on the giving page of leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.